With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. It's Mr. Icar. Fantasy sports and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy sports and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. We're back. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks, I think. Uh, this is the uh, 15th of, um, excuse me, the 14th of January, 2016. Uh, and welcome to the FSP Crew Show. I am your host, JT, a.k.a. The Master, and... The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to the FSP Cruise Show. And part of that is me. Got a great show in store for you tonight. What can I tell you? Playoff football is in the air. Head coaches, head coaches getting Hired is in the air. We're going to talk about both of those because I think it's time. I think we should be talking about both of those because it has one has to do with the other. And what are the ramifications of coaches going to where they are uh, getting hired at? You got a, you got a, uh, a, an opinion? You got something that you want to say about it? Come join us. I told you the number. If you don't want to do that, you can jump in the chat room. Always have the chat room sitting out there for you. Want to express your opinion? Ask a question? Make a statement in that chat room? I always say the same thing, and I always put it out there for your convenience, just for you and only you, what you put into it and what you're going to get out of it. I always say that. So let's get this show on the road, okay? Let's bring in my uh, other co-host of the FSP Crew Show. It's been a while. Uh, I, I know he's probably got a lot to say, especially one of his team's. Uh, one of the NFL team that he, he follows, uh, um, promoted uh, within. Um, I got to see what he's got to say about that. And uh, um, anything else about the other hires that we're going to talk about, and especially playoff football. Talking about Jeff the Joker, my fellow Jersey guy. Always a pleasure when he comes on the air. Talk to me, Jeff. Hey, Terry. It's nice to be here. Uh, yeah, uh I'll get right to it with the Giants. Yeah, uh, you know I grew up a big Giant fan, uh, still a Giant fan. Uh, uh, I'm not thrilled with the McAdoo hire. I think they were concerned about, uh, you know, the continuity because uh, Eli did improve the past two years with McAdoo. But if they were that concerned about it, there was other ways to keep McAdoo. I, they could have got played by the Eagles because the Eagles brought in McAdoo for an interview. Uh, they also brought in uh, Tom Coughlin for an interview, which is a joke. Uh, I think it's this trick that Al Davis liked to do. He, he'd like to bring in guys for an interview just so he could pump them for information. After three straight losing seasons, what kind of good information does Coughlin have? You know, 
Uh, I mean, the Eagles are so, I mean, what did they do, bring in Coughlin so they could humiliate the guy? I'm not kidding. I mean, this is an ugly business sometimes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, McAdoo, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of looks kind of 80s with the mustache and the mullet. And, and I don't right. know why. I always call him lefty, which I'm lefty. And I just, I always <laughs> see him writing on his uh, his sheet, his play sheet. And he, I don't know if it's just me, but he holds a pen funny. But people tell me I hold a pen funny also. But, uh, yeah, they got – yeah. so the past two years, you know, I, when they, they brought back uh, Steve Spagnola as coordinator a couple of years ago, I thought he could have, you know, succeeded uh, Coughlin. But the past two years, they've been McAdoo on offense and McAdoo on defense. Uh, so Spagnola blew it because he has had coaching teams uh, – had coaching experience with the uh, – mm-hmm. St. Louis, now Los Angeles Rams, and uh, also in the NFL. Uh, uh, we'll get to it. We'll, just, K.K. Kelly. Yup. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I know you're going to you're going to jump, jump on it. We're going to get to it. I, it I, I just a, wanted it's to... a crazy world. But yeah, uh, I, oh, and then McAdoo. I don't know if you heard this because this is a lesser story. Right. Uh, He's go he's gonna bring in Joe Philbin as his coordinator. And oh um I'll tell you, man, I, I wouldn't hire Joe Philbin to shine my shoes. You know, I'm but telling you. Yeah. You know, uh, as long as the Giants never hire that guy as a head coach. But I can't I can't imagine this man in any position of authority. Uh, he he should have got fired a year and a half ago in Miami, not four games into the season, but whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Jeff. Um and uh, I think Stephen A. brought this up. I just happened to see a clip, a re- uh, first take, retake, um, an hour or so ago. And he, Stephen A. brought up a good point, and, uh, and it's not something I hadn't thought about and what, I was really waiting to, to hear from you and, and, and express it myself. Tom Coughlin is the only one that I know of. Now, maybe there's others, but there's the only one that I know of, know, know of from that coaching staff that left the Giants, meaning that Tom Coffin was left out to dry as the fall guy for the failure of the Giants. Steve Spagnuolo, um, quite naturally, uh, Ben McAdoo, and uh, I think probably all all Tom Coughlin's coaches that, that coaching staff are still intact. The only one they changed was the head coach. Um, and from what I understand, and and I and I'm not getting off the track of the, the Giants, but Tom Coughlin um, removed his name from the coaching search of the Philadelphia Eagles, citing it wasn't a good fit. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe not, um, because of the way, uh, things have been going in Philly, um, that would have been a one big culture change, meaning, um, discipline, supposedly, uh, in Philly wasn't taking place when Chip Kelly was the coach, but getting back to the Giants, um, and Joe Philbin, um, I think the reason that besides other teams going after Ben McAdoo, from what I understand, Eli himself went to ownership, went to upper management and said that uh, don't get rid of Ben McAdoo. You got to keep Ben McAdoo because Eli, uh, he's not, uh, he's an older quarterback, not that he's an old, old quarterback, but he's an older quarterback. Um, He had finally gotten, um, his, this offense after a uh, um, a difficult previous year in 2014, he finally got it in 2015 and had one of his better years as a, a quarterback statistically. Didn't want to take the chance and getting a new hire in a head coach that would change the offense. So went to upper management to get Ben McAdoo uh, if you got rid of Coughlin, at least keep Ben McAdoo intact. Well, it turns out, from what I understand, like I said, besides Ben McAdoo, the whole coaching staff, except for Coughlin, 
was uh, um, kept in place. And that's probably one of the reasons why when Coughlin had his press conference and walked off the stage and walked off uh, past um, uh, Mr. Mara, that he didn't look at him, didn't acknowledge that he was there. He just walked right past him, didn't even shake his hand, just kept on walking um, because he was probably that pissed on what was taking place and, and, and knew what was happening uh, and, and leaving him as the person to shoulder supposedly all the blame for the um, failures over the last three seasons of the Giants. What's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, now the thing is, it, it remains to be seen if McAdoo has the option of uh, you waiting his staff because it, it's possible that he might decide to uh, fire Spagnola. I don't know if he has that authority, but it, mm-hmm. it's possible. So they, and even though everybody's gone except Coughlin, uh, it, there will probably be at least some moves on the staff, not a total overhaul, but there's, there's going to be some moves. Uh, I mean, McAdoo doesn't come across as a guy who's got the juice to be a head coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, and mm-hmm. there's been other guys. I mean, he's he's young for a head coach. He's in his late 30s. Like uh, right. Mike Tomlin, you know, he's got that intensity. You know what I'm saying? He yep. he's He's got that personality. And and I just McAdoo never impressed me like uh you know like a John Gruden or uh, uh you know or a Tomlin a guy like that he seems just just a guy you know just a, a smart coach you know and you know you need it, it's a lot different being a head coach than a coordinator. You're right. You're absolutely and, right. And and when when they go for the continuity like that, you're acting like you're a team that's only a, a couple players away from getting back to the big game. And let me tell you, if they're dreaming that's the case, they better wake up and apologize because <laughs> they're a lot of players away. You yeah, know? yeah, that's and, true. And I, I'll tell you, Deion Sanders, and, you know, he was a star player in his day. He was sure. right. He They were talking about the coaching situation with the Colts, and he said, you know, uh, he doesn't seem like this type of guy, but if uh, – uh, if Andrew Luck, if he goes to the ownership and says, "Hey, you know, uh, uh, Pagano's my man. I, I, you know, I want you to keep him as head coach. He carries a lot of weight." And uh, you know, Eli doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but you know, he he spoke up. And I, I have to admit, I, I was concerned about losing McAdoo because, you know, when you got to get a new offense, it's it's horrible and it's it's very ugly. It really puts a team back. But I didn't think that was sufficient reason to promote him to head coach. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think the last time the Giants promoted from within as for head coach, it was Ray Hanley, and we know how that happened, Ooh. how that worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty bad. Oh, Uncle right. Fester, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, Jeff, we're good. I'm going to go down, uh, and, and some of these I'm gonna, we're going to just go over real quickly. Some of these guys who were safe who we thought were in a hot seat, uh, some of these guys, and then the other ones that we're talking about are the other coaching changes, and, and it's been hot and heavy over the last few days. Uh, I don't know what the rush was, but it's hot and heavy over the last few days. So the, any coaches, uh, um, bar a few that were uh, in, in the playoffs right now currently, are really out of luck uh, because of uh, the quick hires of all these other coaches that, that took place. But I want to go, go through these guys because I find it pretty interesting and, and how the the uh, view of from an ownership uh, uh, point of view has changed that uh, the they're less tolerant of um, giving you time to um, some of them are less tolerant than others given time to uh, um, turn a team around uh, and, and uh, put them at least in a, in a dance and if you're in a dance talking about the playoffs at least you have a chance. Uh, but you got to get in the dance to, uh, in order to um, have a chance. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, um, uh, a head coach and, and a uh, general manager that were um, really put on notice by the owner um, before week 17 that either Rex Ryan and his general manager would be back together in two, 2016. Um, he signed the uh, – general manager, which is really to a multi-year extension. 
Um, the Bills also signed Ryan's brother, Rob, to be the team's assistant head coach in defense and former uh, uh, and former defensive back Ed Reed to a sense of defensive backs coach. But the owner also said that he expects Rex in 2016 to be in the playoffs and also probably the general manager if neither one of them can get the bills who supposedly for all tents and purposes from people going into the season of 2015 were a playoff caliber team and didn't get there, um, they would not be retained after the 2016 season. Um, what's your thoughts on that quickly? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Rex didn't seem to be himself this year with Buffalo, and it cracks me up because some NFL teams and a lot of companies have rules about hiring family. And it doesn't get much closer family than your twin brother. I mean, right. I, I don't, I don't give a toss. It's not my business. It's not my company. It's not my team. It's just something I noticed, you know. And Rob Ryan's recent defenses haven't been so hot. True. And and if you just think about this, Jeff, neither has Rex's. Now I, I brought this up more than once, and I, I'll bring it up again to you. The last two seasons of Rex Ryan. He had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. First season with the Buffalo Bills, one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Now, the front seven may be good on a Rex Ryan defense, but the back four have issues. Now, it can't be a uh, – I, I can't say it can't be a team thing, but it, it, once it, – one season, that could be a anomaly, a, a, um, a coincidence or whatever. Two, that then you start to say, uh, hmm, and then the third season you got to say that's a trend that Rex Ryan's defenses are not what they are, are, are all out to be. Um, you got disgruntlement, especially in Buffalo, about the way he he's uh, he's uh, got this defense doing what they are, are not doing. And um, Mario Williams won't be there because I, I think Mario Williams. Uh, um, uh, doesn't fit this defense, and I think he he's too, due to be released or or somehow not be on this team. But I got to believe <clears throat> Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan, supposedly two defensive gurus, are all, not all what they are um, um, pushed to be, show you know thought to be, and I, I'll be saying this. And I'll keep I'll keep saying it because the. The numbers don't lie. The last three seasons of Rex Ryan's defense, one uh, two last two seasons, two on the Jets, one on the Buffalo Bills, has resulted in them being in the bottom tier of pass, uh, de- defensing against the pass. And we all know this is a uh, passing league. So if you can't defense, defend against the pass, uh, most of the time you will not win a game um, because you'll get torched that way. Uh, let's move on to another team. Now, we know this guy is, is not going to go anywhere anytime soon because um, the owner has the – I can't say he has him by the, by the kahunas. I, I, I got to believe that um, the head coach is, is, is the, has the right temperament and uh, um, the uh, general manager slash owner – it has the the right strings that he can um, have this type of coach versus a coach that is a, a maybe a stronger will. And I'm not saying Jason Garrett is of strong will, but Jerry Jerry Jones likes to be extremely hands on more than most owners. And besides, despite a four and twelve season, he decides to uh, retain Jason Garrett again. Uh, with a Tony Romo and probably the, in the draft or somehow get another uh, a better quarterback in the backup just in case the uh, fragile Tony Romo goes down again. They won't have to go through the quarterback debacle that they went through this past season and, and uh, had the season that they had. Uh, quickly, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jason Garrett. Still being a um, coach of the – Dallas Cowboys after a couple of eight and eight, then he had a 12 and four um, and now a four and 12 season. What's your thoughts? 
I mean, if, if Garrett was going to go, it would have happened already. Uh, I mean, usually most uh, coaching fires in the NFL, it's Black Monday. And more and more now are happening during mm-hmm. the season. Black Monday, it's the first Monday at the end of the season, and it's because, you know, everybody, they, they uh, you know, they want they want to be able to get a staff together and whatever. I think once Al Davis, of course, because he was Al Davis, he waited a week or two to fire Lane Kiffin. Um, so, so, and, and I think people thought, uh, uh, Marvin Lewis was on the hot seat, but it's been almost a week now. And, uh, he, he, he still got his job. I don't think he's in danger of getting fired. If it probably would have happened already. Yep. Uh, let's talk about that now. I'm really uh, anxious come the 2016 season, and that's a, a roughly about eight months away uh, when, when the season starts gearing up again. Uh, what this team is going to do, um, they have a young quarterback who have um, two or three um, exciting wide receivers plus an experienced tight end with a very young um looks like the franchise and, and uh, um, bell cow running back that they can build on. They have to in, in improve their defense. Uh, but I think Gus Bradley, who is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though he's going to be back for the fourth season, he's probably uh, uh, make a break season in 2016. Um, and uh, uh, I would expect the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to take a nice leap forward um, and be competitive in that AFC South, unfortunately, where my Houston Texans are, um, and uh, uh, secure his job, hopefully, um, for after the 2016 season is over. Now, I'm not saying that you have to get into the playoffs, but I think they have to be a lot more competitive. Uh, I mean, uh, show some more uh, – I shouldn't say competitive. They have to show a lot more improvement uh, to in order for Gus Bradley to keep his job. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, that offense was looking uh, looking pretty good. Uh, you know, as the season went on, it, it got better. Uh, you know, uh, brought back a lot of memories of when uh, that franchise was young and they had uh, Brunel throwing to uh, Jimmy Smith and uh, Keenan McCardle. Uh so they they got a pair of aces as receivers, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, uh, a lot of talent at running back, uh, good-looking good uh, young quarterback who's developing nicely. I guess the, the key is uh, progress, and uh, you know those players got to continue to progress. And and you got to win games, and you got to be strong on the other side of the ball. Um, so uh, you know, uh, Jacksonville's one of those teams that's been rumored to be moving for years. I don't know what the uh, intentions of uh, uh, Mr. Khan, I forget his first name there, uh, owner. Uh, he's pretty cool. I think he's the only NFL owner with a ponytail. You know? Right. <laughs> you, you're right about that. Well, you know, most of them are considered white guys, so either they have uh, short cropped hair or um, a, um, a, um, a lot of a little dab of do you and, and slick back hair. So it's, it's, uh, um, if you, if you look at these guys, they're, they're very conservative guys. Um, <laughs> and, and with only a few, uh, I, uh, Mr. Khan being one of them that, uh, stand out. So, uh, but I got to believe that, um, he, he's the type of owner. Uh, he probably shows the patience and quite naturally his upper management showing patience and Gus Bradley, I'm, uh, I got to believe that this is a make-or-break season for him. He's got he's got a lot of talent, um, and, and it's it's only getting better. Um, so uh, I got to believe he's got to show the market improvement, uh, a market improvement in record-wise, in order to uh, retain himself, retain his job past 2016. I got one for you, and you heard it here first. See now, and we're going to get into this later. But since you brought up Mr. Khan, uh, that uh, I think we're going to be playing a little franchise roulette, which is something the NFL's done in a while. There might be talk of him moving Jacksonville, not to London or wherever or L.A., which you know they're out of the picture for that. But I, I'm Louis? not kidding. Him, St. Louis, right? Because yeah. he's from that area. 
I mean, he's from us. He's based in uh, central Illinois, which, you know, is in a car. It's about a couple hours from St. Louis. But, I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. fly by plane, and it's probably and it's probably 20 minutes. Um, sure. And he, I think he would probably – I mean, I don't want to assume if his, you know, multi-billion dollar car parts business and his personal residence are, are close to St. Louis, it would make sense for him to move to St. Louis, you know? But uh, I haven't heard too much of that yet. It's just all these other scenarios everybody's talking about. Hmm. All right, let's move on to another guy. Now, I'm fascinated by this guy. He's only had six winning seasons in 21 years as a NFL head coach. Um, he's, he hasn't delivered a winning record in four seasons with the team he's at now. Now, this past season, the assistant strength and conditioning coach, the assistant special teams coach, offensive, uh, uh, offensive assistant, wide receivers coach, and running backs um from from the Rams had not been um renewed. So those those uh, um assistant coaches and coaches whatever whatever they're at uh are going to be replaced with new new ones. But Jeff Fisher um like I said has six winning seasons in 21 years as an NFL coach. Um uh uh, the strong finish to the season. I think he has the record for most eight and eight seasons. He's kind of like the king of that. Yeah, the strong finish to this season with three wins in four games to get to seven seven and nine also helped him. I think if if uh, um, if uh, uh, if they didn't finish as well as they they had, then I think his job would be no more in St. Louis. He has also has strong ties with reporters. Um, which tends to keep the criticism of his team to a minimum. But look at all these other coaches who get very little latitude in um, wins and losses. And Jeff Fisher, like I said, six winning seasons in 21 years as an NFL head coach. Amazing. That's all I got to say. What's your thoughts on that one, that he's, he's, he's going to be coaching again? In 2016, now it looks like he's got his franchise running back. Um, he's got a solid defense. Uh, he's still struggling with wide receivers, even though Tavon Austin was a, a big playmaker for him. Um, and it looked like Case Keenum may had a, 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 a nice rapport with Kenny Britt. And Brian Quick can't seem to keep healthy. Uh, but it looks like they need an influx of – um, some big playmakers, including a quarterback on that team. What's your thoughts? How much longer Stan, Stan Kroenke, now the L.A. Rams, not the St. Louis Rams, they're going back home, is going to have for um, Jeff Fisher to keep this job if he doesn't produce a 500 season or a, a winning season out of his now it will be 2016, which will be 22 years as a NFL head coach. What's your thoughts on Jeff Fisher? You know, I, I think Fisher is one of these cats who knows how to play the game. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. somebody was saying that Rex, they can't believe he wasn't fired from Buffalo. And right. They couldn't believe he got that job and whatever. And I was like, you know why he got that job? Because he never criticized the Jets ownership. He never criticizes mm-hmm the Bills ownership, and he won't criticize them after they fire him, whatever that is. So he probably won't get a head coaching job after he gets fired from Buffalo, but he's going to stick around the league as a coordinator. And I'm sure Fisher knows how to work this uh, sticky stand guy, Cronky, uh, the owner of the Rams team. Uh, and, you know, some head coaches will fight ownership to keep their coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guys who stick around a long time, like Fisher, they won't. It's like, oh, you want to fire my man? Oh, okay, no problem. I'll get a new one. No problem, sir. You know, uh, can I shine your shoes for you on the way out? Oh, okay, yeah, no problem, no problem. Anything else, uh, you know, the, the, some cats are like that, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
All right, this other guy. I thought this one, the one I'm, this next one I'm talk, going to talk about, and one of the uh, next one I'm going to talk about is was surely out the door. I couldn't believe that the, the next two. Let me put it this way: the next two. I thought there was no way that these guys were going to be um, in the uh, in the head coaching spot of that team. Uh, one had a worse record than the other. One had, I think, won four games. The other one had a 500 record. Um, but I'm talking about. Um, Mike McCoy uh, of, of the San Diego Chargers uh, was retained. In fact, they, they gave him, a, uh, I think they extended his contract, if I'm not mistaken, for one more year. Um, even though they didn't retain uh, their offensive coordinator, which was uh, Frank Reich, um, and they released uh, five assistant coaches, including uh, the defensive coordinator, John Pagano. So they got rid of the offensive coordinator. They got rid of their defensive coordinator. Okay, uh, and five um, other coaches, but Mike McCoy' job is safe. Um, I don't know if that has to do with uh, Philip Rivers and and the continuity of um, that that offense and being able to retain that coach to stay in that offense. I thought after the season they had and the way it was a roller coaster they were hot for a while with Steve, Philip Rivers was hot for a while early in the season and then um it's like a steady spiral down uh where they had a little spike uh uh in a, in a in a surprising win but for the most part the, the San Diego Chargers were a huge disappointment i know they had a lot of injuries but um other teams have a lot of injuries with a, had a better record I'm surprised Mike McCoy retained his job. What's your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, well, they. I think part of the reason they uh, fired Frank Reich was because uh, they wanted to bring back uh, Wizenhunt. So right, cause that's right. He was the mm-hmm. one who supposedly righted uh, Philip Rivers. Now, meanwhile, this was a long time ago, but this is the same owner who fired Marty Schottenheimer after a yep. 14 and two season, which that's a um, lot of chutzpah. You know, yeah, man. I, yeah, man. If I was in those shoes, I'd be like, man, as soon as this guy has a losing season, he's out the door. You know, yep. but mm-hmm. you know, I guess Marty wasn't gonna play those games, and uh, I don't know how the hell you you sell that to your fan base. Yeah, fourteen and two. Oh yeah, we're getting rid of this guy. You know, um, that that was probably one of the worst head coach firings, and you know. He was very close with Ladanian Tomlinson, but I think it was very. one of those situations where they probably didn't care what Ladanian said, and it wasn't a situation where he felt compelled. You fourteen and two season, you don't feel compelled to speak up for your head coach to the man to, to the ownership, you know. But the, some of these mm-hmm. owners are real slick operators. A lot of these cats, you know, that's how they make the money, you know. Yep, yep. And, and the fact is, Marty Schottenheimer was a no nonsense type of guy. So he wouldn't uh, just like you talked earlier uh, about some maybe some of these uh, head coaches kowtow to the owner. Um, I think Marty Schottenheimer wasn't one of those guys. Um, and at fourteen and two, um, I, I I I can't recall anybody after that uh, um, dismissal, any owner um, getting rid of a coach that had a record like that. And, and then uh, getting rid of him. That I mean, uh, I, I understand, somewhat understand why he did it because the, the fact is Marty Schottenheimer could put up uh, regular season um, records um, consistently, but when it came to winning playoff games, that was a different story. And I, maybe the owner got tired of because he was the number one seed, if I'm not mistaken, in that season, and they got ousted in the first round. So I, I think the owner. It happens. The, it didn't sound like it happened five years in a row. It was it was well, nuts, I, I, man. I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But uh, I and, think the 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 ownership, Dean Spanos, I think was at the time, decided I wanted to move on and and uh, um, get get a guy that can that can finish or um, get it over the hump of not uh, losing playoff games. We should be winning. So. And. You know, this is another thing from years ago, but still somewhat relevant. You know, Eli Manning and his family, they saw the writing on the wall because before that happened, they saw that, uh, you know, San Diego was a very dysfunctional-looking team. 
uh, you know, I think the shot, the, G, the GM didn't even speak to Schottenheimer. They had an idiot for an owner, and that's one of the that was the that those were the reasons why Eli didn't want to um, play for San Diego. Which usually mm-hmm. guys who who rebel against the draft are portrayed in the media as brats, and I kind of buy into that a little. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, it like the, the draft has been in existence for so long; it's so well established. People just accept it. But you know what? Right. Just because something's been around for a long time doesn't mean it's right. And to me, uh, I think the NFL draft is BS. Because if when I was coming out of high school, somebody says, "Oh, you got to go work in uh, Arizona." And I'd say, well, I, I don't like Arizona. I don't like the hot weather. No, no, you got to go there or you don't work. I, I'd tell them, well, that, that's that's nuts. It's a free country. You can't tell me where to work. And what if what if somebody likes me uh, in New York or Philly or Boston or on the East Coast where I want to be? Nope, nope, you got to go there. And it, it's nuts. It really is. I mean, I don't feel too bad for these guys because the minimum salary is around three hundred grand. You know, if you're a mm-hmm. seventh round pick or whatever, but it's nonsense. It doesn't exist in anywhere else except sports, and and it should be abolished. You know, and there's ways they could do it. They just, you know, would have to have some kind of rookie salary cap or whatever. But it it, it just it, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's just the way they have to control the players, uh, and uh, it it you could sit out, but you know, then you miss precious years of your career, and it doesn't look good. And you don't want to miss time, and there's no real competition at this point. I mean, yeah, you go to Canada, whoop de doo. Uh, the, the salaries there are nothing. I think they got ten teams up there. It's, it's no comparison to the NFL. So you know, guys don't have leverage. You know, a guy like John Elway, he had leverage because he could have played baseball. Right. Uh, you know, Eli's lucky. He 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 could have held out or something. His family was comfortable. But you know, most most guys don't have that kind of leverage. And if you're good, you know, you, you know, when your contract's up, you can go where you want. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, the concept of the draft, I hate. It it, it goes against uh, free trade and whatever. It's it's against the free market system. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. All right, this uh, this next guy, um, everybody was expecting him to be out as soon as the season was over. Um, it, it, the dysfunction in the head office between him and the uh, general manager. Um, uh, right after the season uh, uh, ended, they think that the Colts were going to um, uh, fire Chuck Pagano. Um, I think he did a hell of a job um, with uh, uh, his um, franchise quarterback imploding the time he was in there, and then he uh, he was out for over half the season, and then he had his forty-year-old uh, um, backup in and out of the lineup, but help helping produce um, wins. Uh, and and then the third string, and then the last game of the season, he they they hired uh, two two quarterbacks off the street, one of them playing uh, and winning a game, um, and they wound up with an eight and eight season with um, all that uh, um, go, swirling around them, and the also the dysfunction, like I said, they had with the supposedly with the uh, general manager, um, he Chuck Pagano got a four-year contract extension, um, but he, his defensive coordinator was fired. Um, they did hire a new defensive coordinator, and the interim offensive coordinator who took over for Pep Hamilton, uh, Rochazinski, uh, was hired as a permanent um, offensive coordinator. Uh, and uh, supposedly these two, these two guys, um, Grigson, who is the general manager, and Pagano don't have a toxic uh, uh, relationship with, from what what was told in a press conference from Jim Irsay is that they these guys are two prof- two passionate professionals to have mutual respect for each other, um, and probably told by Irsay, uh, you guys want to retain your job, uh, you get along and, and and fix this thing, and uh, with a renewed um, and healthy Andrew Luck, uh, they unfortunately will probably be the powerhouse in the AFC South again, uh, with some tweaks and, and, and turns in the defensive side of the ball, which they need to help badly. Your thoughts on Chuck Pagano, 
Now, we a lot of people thought he was gone um, because of all the dysfunction. What's your thoughts? Four-year contract yeah. extension. You know, I don't really care for the Colts owner. I think he's a guy who craves attention, and mm-hmm. but I, I'm not sure why he decided to make keep Pagano. But uh, I think he obviously made made the right decision. Uh, but I, I think Ursay, uh, he's the one. He wants to take all the credit for that team winning. I mean, <laughs> he had something yeah. to do with it. But you know, mm-hmm. I think, but he's not a normal owner. Most of these guys don't crave the spotlight. I mean, some do right. a little bit, you know, like the Jerry Joneses and whatever. But then you got mm-hmm. the guys like this, uh, you know, sleazy Stan Kroenke, you know, uh, he's real low profile, you know, which he should be because he's kind of sleazy. Uh, so, uh, but this, this Ursae guy is all over the place. And I'll tell you, I mean, okay, he had a drug problem. Hey, it could happen to anybody. But you saw him, like, walking around high as a kite, like, he was proud of himself. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Which, yep. Believe me, if I was if I was half in the bag, I'd be uh, staying up in the box. You know, being like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I hope nobody figures it out. You know, I'm gonna lay right. low and uh, whatever. But no, not this guy. You know, when he's on uh, the Twitter and all this stuff, and uh, you know, it's like, come on, you, you you know, you're a grown man, and you, you know you. You know, you're very comfortable financially. You own an NFL team. Act like it, you know? Yep. All right. And the last guy that um, is safe for now and probably is going to be safe uh, because they love him down in the uh, um, Big Easy. I'm talking about the uh, Sean Payton. It will will remain with the Saints head coach. Will remain as a Saints head coach. Um and this is a quote for him. This is where I plan on coaching. I can't envision coaching anywhere else. Uh, there were thoughts that he would be leaving for a draft pick or two or whatever. Um, I guess that never really was the serious thing. I, that would just floated out there. Um, the, and he was concerned about the upper management. Um, uh, Tom um, and I can't. Tom Benson is uh, um, supposedly. Um, getting a feeble mind, if not already at feeble mind, and there's been the challenges to who really owns the team and who's going to seize control of the team uh, within the family of the uh, Bensons. And I, I guess at one point it was supposedly um, uh, Sean Payton was concerned about that <clears throat> and uh, had a nice, I guess, had a de- decent meeting with uh, the general manager, Mickey Loomis. Everything got straightened out. Now he's He's staying. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, uh, I think he was, of all the guys on the hot seat, was probably the one who was most in demand. I think some teams don't like to give up a draft pick for a coach because one of those things, hey, you can get one without doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it has worked out in the past. Um, You know, I think uh, there's also some personal things involved. And, uh, you know, like uh, I think, you know, I think Sunday nights after uh, Saint games, uh, he go he flies by private jet to Dallas to see his kids, and uh, you know I, I, that wouldn't work as well if he was uh, in another part of the country because uh, you know New Orleans to Dallas is a pretty short flight. Sure. I was wondering if uh, Jerry Jones would uh, bring him to Dallas. Uh, uh, I'm, I don't know what type of relationship they had, so. But uh, I, I think he wants to stay close to his kids. He didn't talk about it. I don't blame him. It's his business. But uh, it, 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 they did, I think, because the media, they they made some announcement a couple of years ago, like, oh, where's where's he heading after the games? They, so they made some kind of announcement, you know, which they're not obligated to, but I guess they did. So, you know, uh, there's, you know, when, when you talk about jobs, it's not always about money. It's about a lot of other things. It's about the commute, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I mean, I'm one of these guys. I, I wouldn't do one of those crazy commutes unless you were paying me a zillion dollars. But some people, you know, they'll drive an hour and a half to make an extra nickel. That's not me because mm-hmm. that, that, mm-hmm. that, that kills your quality of life. But, you know, some people, they don't understand that. Right. Okay. Um, I've talked about the safe guys. Let's talk about a guy that really – flying in the breeze right now uh, for the simple fact is you don't know. They hired a, uh, the team hired a new um, uh, general manager. Um, and uh, uh, 
I guess the, he, the um, head coach is being evaluated. I don't know how long, why it's taking so long um, to um, see if, the, if the, they're going to retain the head coach while all these other coaches get hired. I imagine that they, they'll probably retain him, but supposedly his job is not safe. Even though the Lions went 6-2, and two, Jim Caldwell fate is in the hands of the new general manager, Bob Quinn, who came from the Patriots uh, and was the director of Pro Scouting. Uh, and he also hired a general manager to uh, Ernie Accorsi to stay on in their front office as a special advisor to, to team president Rod Wood. So is Jim Caldwell, he's, it, it, is he going to be, or is he not going to be despite um, player support for the coach? Is he still going to be retained as the head coach? Um, I don't know if uh, if it's 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 mind-boggling to me why would they would uh, um, uh, let a head coach who who clearly I wouldn't say he's on a hot seat, but um, is uncertain whether he's going to be retained or not, and see all these other um, coaching candidates being hired by different teams, and not give the head coach the opportunity to to apply for a new job, um, now he has to wait to see if he has a job. Now, to me, I would think because it's been taken this long, and, and I know all these hires have been, hired, been, been done pretty quickly, but if it's been taken this long, you would think they would keep him. But I would think it would be a disservice to him if come next week, a week after or the end of the month or before, just after the Super Bowl, preferably probably before the Super Bowl, he all of a sudden gets canned. Now he has no opportunity because most of the head coaching jobs are already taken up to even try to attempt to get a head, head coaching job. And and he, they just screwed him. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I concur. I mean, usually a GM wants his own guy in there. But, you know, if he's got to wait a year, so be it. I mean, who knows? If, you know, in the next year, it gives Caldwell a chance to, to prove himself to the new GM. And if not, then the guy will really be able to bring in who he wants. So, uh, and that's usually what works. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people thought that Jerry Reese, Giants GM, should have gotten fired. He still got his job. But then they're saying, you know, well, if they fire him after next year, then you're going to have a new GM who doesn't have his coach. You know what? I understand that, and that was the situation Rex was in his last year, but we'll, we'll deal with that when it happens because one of the reasons uh, Coughlin, you know, got canned was uh, Jerry Reese. I hate to say it. He had some great drafts, but his recent ones have been uh, a little disappointing. Uh, right. It's not an exact science, but you you got to do a little better. All right. One one open job that I see right now, and it's it's up in the air whether this guy is going to get hired or they're still going to interview other people to uh, see if um, they have a better uh, choice than the interim head coach, which is uh, um, Mike Malarkey of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Supposedly he's a strong, he's a clear front runner, but they still, uh, the Titans I'm talking about, still want to interview other um, head coaching candidates. And uh, uh, we'll have to wait and see on, on that front. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that because I want to get to we got about a ten minute, ten eleven minutes. We all want to, I want to talk about the the hires of these two teams and and what your thoughts the hires of the other teams. And there's uh, quite a few of them. Um, we talked about Ben McAdoo, but what's your thoughts on Tennessee possibly uh, taking the interim interim title off of Mike Malarkey and giving him uh, the official head coaching job? Yeah. I mean, I thought they like Malarkey. Maybe they're just playing games. And some, some, you know, some teams in some jobs, that's what they do. They play games, you know. Right, Even if you're right. a man for the job, they'll they'll jerk you around, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they want to see what else is out there. And sometimes they 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 want to keep you in your place, you know. So I don't know the motivation. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to the guys that did get uh, new jobs. Guys, offensive coordinators. And see, there's been a. Uh, a, a slew of offensive coordinators that have been promoted on another team or quite naturally like uh, like a uh, Ben McAdoo 
uh, with the Giants, who just got promoted to be the head uh, to be head coach. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Um, the interim coach, uh, Dan Campbell, was hired by the Saints to be their assistant head coach uh, slash tight end coach. So uh, even though he – I don't know if he did a decent job or not, but he, he did the best he could with what he had, um, wasn't retained as the uh, head coach. Um, Adam Gase, who was the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator, who I guess for all intents and purposes resurrected – uh, Jay Cutler's career and got him his head on it straight for the time he, Gase was there was named the uh, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, uh, a five-year deal with the team, and uh, Gase will have control of the Dolphins' 53-man roster, and quite naturally he will make offense all the offensive play calls. Um, what's your thoughts on uh, Adam Gase going to the Miami Dolphins with Ryan Tannehill and company? You know, um, uh, heard a lot of good things about Gates during the season and uh, uh, getting uh, um, Jay Cutler to kind of uh, get on board. That That's an accomplishment. I, I don't know that much else about him, but he was the hire. And, you know, it, it, not that he would have, I mean, but if he would have stayed in Chicago, who knows? They could have gone in the toilet, and then all of a sudden he's looking for a job. And And, and that's the way the NFL world is. That's why, right. you know. As a coordinator, you, if you don't get the head coaching job, you know, if you're the hot coordinator, you, you, you know, I'm sure your people are saying, oh, don't worry, there's next year. But you can't take that for granted, you know. Uh, early in his career, uh, Ron Rivera got screwed like that once. He went from being the hot guy to ha- uh, not getting a head coaching job, then boom, having to be a linebacker coach, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the stuff could get really tricky, you know, and then yeah, – Rivera, you know, he got the opportunity in Carolina and it's proven that he's a very good coach. Yep. All right, this guy. I really like this guy uh, as a head coach when he was he had one brief time as a head coach. Uh, I think he got screwed. Uh, he got involved in a power play when he was with the Raiders. Um, he showed that he's an innovative offensive coordinator. Um I wouldn't say resurrected, but he 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 improved the Andy Dalton's um, play uh, and a very good offense offensive play caller uh, when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I I've been a big fan of Hugh Jackson for uh, a long time. Um, I'm not sure if if where he ended up in Cleveland and, and all the dysfunction in Cleveland um, is the best place to go, but if uh, uh, he he's a very confident person uh in his abilities um i i look for the diva of the cleveland browns josh gordon uh supposedly been got his head on straight to um be a surprising uh maybe a comeback player of the year cuz he's got a ton of ability uh and, and um i think he's got a decent head coach that Will we'll make him toe the line, and uh, and he already said, from what I understand, he already said that uh, uh, Johnny Manziel is is a no go with him. So uh, supposedly that's what he said. I mean, in in front of the camera, he doesn't say that, but uh, I think behind closed doors, from what I've been reading, um, one of the stipulations that Johnny Manziel has to go um, with a GM. And this this is uh, this is very and I have to bring this out because it's a very puzzling setup. Uh, the Browns promoted Sashi Brown, Sashi Brown, to vice president of football operations, and hired former New York Mets executive Paul D. Podesta as their chief strategy officer. Now, for those who don't know who D. Podesta is, um, look at the. Uh, uh, movie um, Moneyball and uh, Josh Hill, if I'm not mistaken, that's his name, um, who was the uh, analytics guy who gave the statistics to um, um, Brad Pitt on um, trends and, and things about various players. That's who Paul P- D. Podesta is, a one of the chief guys, uh, one of the head guys of the um, analytics. Now, that's in baseball. 
I don't know how much is going to relate to football, but he's going to be the chief strategy officer of the Cleveland Browns. So you got the two guys, Sashi Brown and Paul D. Podesta, um, with limited, I would say, football experience with a head coach that you got with a strong personality. Hugh Jackson is no weakling in the personality department um, and, and knows what he wants. And, and, and I think if they leave him alone, he can turn this franchise around. Talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, that was a lot of people in uh, the New York area were talking about that hire and if uh, football is going to get into more analytics now. But with the Browns having those front office hires, it leads you to believe that a a lot of the football decisions are going to be made by Jackson. So that makes that a good job for him. It makes you wonder if – you know, the Browns are going to try to get into analytics, which I get the impression it wouldn't work well in football. It's worked well in baseball. And in baseball, you know, it, something like that worked out great because there's so many dinosaurs. You get a smart young guy with a good idea. It's got to work for about 20 years before the other guys get with the program. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, it, I'm sure it must have been a discussion that, you know, hey, if you're the head coach, you want some control over your roster. But I, I really, so for lack of a better term, Johnny Manziel blew his wad in Cleveland. You know, he just pulled too much crap. And oh, yeah. you don't need that kind of distraction. The only team I think in the NFL that wants him is Dallas. I mean, he showed a little this year. But uh, mm-hmm. just too much drama, too much immaturity. I mean, I don't even think they wanted perfection from this guy. Just, just be a professional. You know, right? Um, mm-hmm. Grow up, you know, and uh, but but not this guy, you know. Um, and uh, you know, the only thing I think worse. I mean, I don't know. I think some teams like Dallas they like a little distraction. But who wants a, a three ring circus around a guy who who usually isn't even starting? You know, <laughs> yeah, you got limited, you got limited talent. Limited talent and, and uh, yeah. more 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 distraction than talent. Let me put it that way. All right, let's move on to to this one. Uh, and talking about distraction, <laughs> this one I was extremely surprised about. Uh, um, but and, and the thing about this is the the general manager came out and said he, from all intents and purposes, he wanted a guy that um, wasn't interested in. Um, having a lot of power, uh, meaning he wasn't going to challenge for his particular job as the general manager. And Chip Kelly, I guess, realized that he is not a general manager. He's just a uh, NFL head coach, or he's a head coach, I should say, um, and got hired by the San Francisco 49ers to do that. And quite naturally, Jim Tom Sula was fired as the head coach. And uh, from one the other things that I was reading, that Chip Kelly wanted to make a play for Colin Kaepernick when he was the Eagle coach, um, and and this may be the uh, possible matchup to resurrect Chip Kelly's coaching career and resurrect after all the surgeries Colin Kaepernick's going through um, this past off season, his career. Um, we're going to be going into overtime a little bit because uh, I want to get the uh, rest of these. There's only a couple more after this, uh, new hires and coaches, and, and then we'll be out of here. Your thoughts, Jeff, on Chip Kelly being you know, I was the little... head coach of the San yeah. Francisco 49ers now? I was a little surprised because, like a lot of people, I think Kelly is more suited for college and – uh, I was a little surprised. I don't know what the Niners are looking for. I'll tell you, with the direction of that franchise, it reminds me of one of these movies when a team is trying to lose. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Kelly has uh, clashed with some of the talented uh, players and former players. Uh, well, it comes out usually when they're former players. I guess he's kind of lucky because the Niners don't have much talent. So, yeah. Uh, and maybe a gimmick offense 
would work well with a team without a lot of talent. Uh, but uh, I really think the NFL defense, they figured out his offense. So, um, I, but, you know, Kaepernick is probably the best guy for it, and, you know, among NFL quarterbacks. Uh, I, I was a little surprised. Okay. All right. Well, um, just speaking of surprises, um, late the late, late part of uh, last week, uh, this head coach got fired, um, and I think just for the reason, just like in the New York Giants, they didn't want the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't want to lose their offensive coordinator because he got offers from other teams uh, for a head coach coaching job. And he had a good rapport with his, uh, uh, well, rookie quarterback, Jameis Winston. So they got rid of uh, um, uh, Lovey Smith with the premise that he's only won, what, six games over, over, over the following, following season. Um, but he went from – Two and fourteen to uh, was six and six and ten or seven and nine? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's six and ten, uh, which yeah. is a big, which is a big leap. Uh, two and fourteen, and then go win four more games. I mean, uh, that's not easy um, with a rookie quarterback and a very young team. Um, but they decided to keep. They wanted to keep Dirk Cutter and the continuity that he had with uh, his uh, their franchise quarterback that decided to let uh, Lovey Smith go and, and, and give Kurt up uh, upgrade Cutter to uh, the head coaching job. What's your thoughts on that? Lovey got screwed. Uh, I mean, his last season in Chicago, they were 10-6. and six. And then, you know, he gets the Buccaneers going in the right direction, and then they're, they're addicted to changing coaches. And I wonder if that ownership regrets getting rid of John Gruden because they, they've been short-term guys ever since. Yeah, I agree. And last but not least, and this is probably – I think this is the last one that really happened. Um, and I think this may be the reason why a Coughlin um, backed out because he, he saw the handwriting on the wall, that the um, offensive coordinator or assistant head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Doug Peterson, who used to uh, be a part of the organization in Philadelphia, um, uh and, and, and under Andy Reid, is coming back home to be the uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, as soon as the season is over for the uh, um, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, what's your thoughts on Doug Peterson um, now going to be the uh, uh, head coach and uh, take over the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I mean, uh, supposedly Andy Reid's been grooming him to become a head coach, and not to replace him, to be a head coach for another NFL team. It just speaks well of the, the quality of person that Andy Reid is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it looks like uh, Peterson's going to be the guy up until now. His claim to fame is being uh, Brett Favre's wingman. Right. Okay. Uh, we come to the end of the show. Went on to a little, little overtime, but that's okay. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, talking about some other things in sports. Uh, we'll probably be talking about uh, on Saturday, the FSP show, FSP show uh, about the latest stadium moves, the uh, latest things that are happening with teams moving um, and uh, uh, relocating and possible uh, staying in place and getting um, – um, um, some bailout money or some money, some uh, um, some uh, compensation from the NFL and staying in place of their respective cities that they're at. Vic and I will probably be talking about that on Saturday. Um, with that being said, Jeff, before we leave out of here, is there something that you want to uh, say or speak on before we um, exit tonight's show? Hey, I, I regret not doing any uh, postseason fantasy football leagues. Uh, I miss fantasy football already, and I don't know why the postseason leagues aren't more popular. So, And I'm going to try to call you guys on Saturday. So maybe I'll okay. talk to you Saturday. No problem. Uh, with that being said, I want to thank Jeff for joining me today, uh, tonight, I should say. Uh, tune in to uh, the FSP crew. Jeff and I will be here. Hopefully Black may show up. Uh, 8 a.m. East, 
Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Thursday. Um, and like I said, the FSP show will be at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon. And then the uh, Master Plan. Um, it's going to be a very interesting show on Sunday. I'm going to be talking about all my preseason uh, uh, fantasy predictions and rankings, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and see how I fared, see if I sucked, see if I got some things right. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, I'm the type of guy that um, I, I'm not going to pull any punches, whether I uh, was right on target or, like I said, sucked about the uh, way off on predicting who would be the top guy, who would be a a good guy, who would be a sleeper. I want to be talking about that 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday on the Master Plan. I want to thank Jeff again, like I said, and uh, please please come back next week. We'll be here every week, and uh, um, hopefully you'll come back and listen to the show. Take care, Jeff. We're out of here. Yeah. Mr. Encore. Fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah, check. Fantasy sports and politics, ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah, yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew, uh. Fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah. Lock on. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.